0: If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 27, Matthew chapter 27. You know, I, I think about a year ago, a year ago on Easter Sunday, um, I was actually in a, a hospital room and it was a dark hospital room because I had just had surgery. My, my appendix ruptured and they had to um, remove it with emergency surgery because I am a guy. And so when it ruptured, I didn't go to the hospital. Took me three days to get to the hospital. Maybe there's something spiritual in that with the three days and, and probably, no, probably not, probably not. That's probably a stretch. That's probably a stretch for this morning, but I didn't go in. And, and because of that, it, it was much worse. And um, the doctors even said that I was within 24 hours of, of losing my life. Um, and And so they had to do emergency surgery and The doctors did a phenomenal job, but I was in the hospital for a week and then still recovering for months after that. And so I remember last year sitting in a hospital room, a dark hospital room. It was isolated because it was still the beginning of COVID. And so my family, and they couldn't come in. The only people who come in was nurses and doctors. And man, I was wearing them out. Because you know, you get a preacher who can't be around people for a long time. Oh man, they were like, "Uh, sir, I got to get to the next room. I'm like, no, 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 hold on. Tell me, what do you think about this? And what do you, like, is COVID really this bad? And you know, I I, mean, I was wearing them out. But I I sat there a, a year ago on Easter and and... Watched Easter services on my laptop, and watched our service, and watched other services, and um, man, I, I'm just so thankful—not just to still be alive. Like, yeah, praise God for that. But you know, if, if I wasn't, like, I'd be in heaven <laughs> to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. Like, that's. But but you know, I'm I'm so thankful to still be able to do life with my family and with you all. Like. I know a lot of times people say this kind of stuff, but but I wish you guys could see mine and my wife and, and really our staff. Like, man, we love you guys so much that, that it is just, like, it brightens my day. It makes my week for us to be able to come, us to be able to see your faces, to be able to hopefully get a chance to say, hey, happy Easter, happy Resurrection Day. Like, man, we genuinely love you guys. And so, man, I am so thankful for so many things today, but I am thankful for all of you, and even if this is your first time, like you, somebody brought you here. You heard about us from some kind of way, and man, I'm thankful for you too, um, because whoever brought you here, whoever invited you, however you found out about us, we just love them that much that we just we just love you because we love them. Okay, let's let's get into this. <laughs> um, my, recently, my family was having a. conversation, and my sister, one of my sisters, she was telling a story, and she was saying, you know, talking about Good Friday, and she said that she, there was a Good Friday where she invited some of her friends uh, to come to a Good Friday service, and she was so excited that they were coming to this Good Friday service with her, and she was just so excited for them to come to church and hear the story, and, and, and she said they were, they, all of them were super excited, they got there, they went through the service, and when they left, they all left sad and depressed, it was a Good Friday service. Right, And so my brother, one of my brothers chimes in, and he was like, well, why were y'all sad and depressed? And I was like, hey, man, have, do you not know the story? <laughs> like, like, if you go to a Good Friday service, like, the story's all about Jesus dying on a cross. And he's like, yeah. He goes, yeah, but everybody knows how that story ends. So why would you be sad or depressed? Because literally everybody knows how that story ends. So whether you're here for the first time or you come every week, you probably know the story we're going to read about and talk about today, and, and you probably already know how this story ends, but we need to recognize that often to remember is as powerful as to learn. And sometimes to remember is even more powerful than to learn. So in Matthew chapter 27, Jesus has already come. He's already lived his earthly life. He's already gathered disciples. Um, He's already preached and taught and healed and done too many miracles to even be recorded. At this point, Judas has already betrayed him. and, uh, And the disciples were shocked at Jesus actually, at this point, has already allowed himself to be captured. He's already um, been beaten and mocked and spit on and condemned to death on a wooden cross. Um, and He's already gotten on this cross and it's been hours since he's been on this cross. And then we get to Matthew chapter 27, verse 46, and it says this, and about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, Lama, sabachthani. That is my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, this man is calling Elijah. And one of them at once ran and took a sponge, filled it with sour wine and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink. But the others said, wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. In in, in Luke's gospel, in Luke chapter 23, verse 46, it says here when Jesus cried out with a loud voice, he cried out, Father, Into your hand, I commit my spirit. That Jesus wasn't actually killed. He actually gave his life. But when Jesus died, even though none of his bones were broken, he was broken. He had been beaten with a weapon that not only when it it would hit you, it would would pierce your flesh, but when when they ripped it out, it would, it would gather with it a chunk of your flesh to be removed at the same time. He had been whipped and had open wounds, not only on his back, but all over his body as he carried that wooden cross to the place where he'd be crucified. He, he had a crown of thorns, literally thorns placed on his head, which, which would have surely caused blood to be dripping down into his eyes and down his face essentially making him unrecognizable he had nails driven into his hands and his feet that kept him up on this wooden cross he had a spear that was injected into his side he was broken but the greatest level of brokenness that he experienced in this in this moment was not physical it was spiritual It was the reason that he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The the biggest level of brokenness that Jesus experienced in this moment was that he was taking on sin. Which is why God had to, what, what this says, forsake, which means turn his back to. Because God is so holy and he's so righteous, he's perfect that he cannot face sin, he had to turn his back so that the sin could remain, so that Jesus could take it because if if God didn't turn his back, if if God would've continued to to face Jesus in this way, the sin would've been demolished and the sin would've been removed. And Jesus wouldn't have been able to fulfill what he was designed and created in this, he wasn't created, but the the purpose of him being here, it would've been void. God had to turn his back and when God turned his back, Jesus took on that sin and this was the greatest level of brokenness that he experienced. It's why he cried this out because he wasn't just taking on sin, he was taking on all sin. Your sin, my sin, the sins we've already committed, the sins that we will commit. All of that was placed onto Jesus on the cross which caused him To be broken. If you can imagine the disciples, what they had to be thinking. They had seen Jesus walk through the crowds that were trying to kill him, they had seen Jesus go in uh, to the temple and turn over the tables. They had seen Jesus be a man's man, which isn't often preached about. They've seen Jesus do these things and get out of dangerous situations when the Pharisees were trying to trip him up, when those who had power were trying to to capture him. They'd seen him repeatedly get out of these situations and now all of a sudden everything has changed because it's not happening the way that it happened in the past. Now Jesus isn't walking through this crowd. He allowed himself to be captured. As a matter of fact, they wanted to fight and Jesus told them to put their swords down now everything's happening a different way. They had to have been broken as well. We we know that they were broken because Jesus died. He actually died. They, They just lost not just their master, but they just lost their friend. They just lost the one that they had invested their lives into. And we know that they were broken. Because one of them committed suicide, another one denied Jesus three times, and they were scattered, they were hiding. They lost everything. They lost their leader, they lost their savior, they lost their master, they lost their friend, they lost their livelihood, they lost their future. They surely were like, I've just invested three years of my life, I gave up everything. Some of them even literally walked away from everything to follow this man. And now he's dead. They're broken. They're broken. Jesus was broken. The disciples were broken. Jesus was broken because of sin. The disciples were broken because they didn't expect Jesus to die. Now, y'all, y'all know, many of you all know, like the crazy part about this is Jesus told them over and over and over. I'm going to die. And then I'm going to come back three days later. Hey, I'm going to die. And then I'm going to come back three days later. Hey, fellas, just in case you didn't hear, I'm going to die and I'm going to come back three days later. Okay, you don't get that? The temple is going to be destroyed and in three days it'll be rebuilt. Okay, you didn't get that? Hey, I'm going to die and I'm going to come back three days later. And Jesus dies and they're like, Oh my gosh we're broken, we're devastated, we're crushed. Because they didn't expect it, even though they were warned. This past year, over the last 12 months, many across this world, many in this sanctuary have been broken. Here, we've not only had to deal with COVID-19, many of us have lost loved ones, family members, many have lost jobs, many have lost hope, many have lost relationships. We've been broken. And we've seen some things die that we did not expect to die. Maybe you feel like we're getting to the end and that you're putting that in the past and you're you're starting to forget about that and you're starting to move on. But the truth of the matter is, If you don't feel like you've experienced any brokenness over the last 12 months, I guarantee you somebody very, very close to you has. This hits home with all of us, not just in my house or in our church, but across the world. Three days later, we get to Matthew chapter 28, verse 1. It says, now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. Now, now, let me say this real quick. They were not going in expectation that Jesus was risen. They were going to honor, to pay respects, to mourn, to lament. But they're going to the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake This is what we're celebrating today. This is what we're celebrating in our lives. This is what gives us hope. This is what allows us to have eternal hope and have an eternal home in heaven. Like, this is the point. Today is the day. Not necessarily historically the day and was it Good Friday to Sunday and was that three days and how did, and then, and how did they count days back then? Listen, the point is, Jesus got up. The point is, the stone was rolled away, and he is risen. The point is, he was broken, the disciples were broken, but three days later, he arose again, and he came back to life, not as a broken man, but as a man that was whole, a man that is able to make us whole. And then, oh... I don't, want to get, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Here they say that he is not here. In Matthew chapter 22, verse 32, Jesus said, I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. He is not God of the dead, but of the living. And here's, here's the problem. Most of us have experienced brokenness over the last 12 months. Many things have died in our lives. And if, and if we continue to go back to the dead looking for Jesus, we will not find him there. There are some things that are dead. They've died over the last 12 months and they will remain dead and they should remain dead and we need to leave them there because we will no longer find Jesus there. See, See, listen, the disciples, the disciples, this idea that Jesus actually would die and they believing it and experiencing it. The part of the problem with this is they relied on Jesus so much And rightfully so, like they literally followed him physically wherever he went. But Jesus could not continue to remain here and fulfill everything that God wanted to do, not just in the disciples' lives, but in our lives. See, if the disciples, if he sent the disciples out to go get food and he stayed at the well, he was not with them because he physically needed to be with them in order to be with them. I talked about this last week. Here's how you do Here's how to make it really deep. See the way I just said it didn't sound very deep. But but if you but if you say, you know, Jesus was with the disciples. But he had to be with them to be with them. Now it sounds really deep, right? Y'all are catching on. Y'all got this, right? (laughs) But it's not deep. (laughs) Like physically he had to be with them, but that wasn't the plan. The plan was Jesus would come, he would live a sinless life, he would pay the price for our sins on the cross, he would die, he would defeat death, he would defeat sin, he would defeat sickness, he would rise again, and God would send the Holy Spirit to live in each of us so that whether Jesus was at the well and he sent us out to have food, we would always have God in us and with us. He'd never leave us, he'd never turn his back on us. Wherever we go, he goes. So so Jesus couldn't remain here forever because he could only be in one place at one time. But if the Holy Spirit would come, then he could be in all of us at all times. But the disciples got so used to Jesus being there and telling them what to do and where to go and what to say that they started to rely on that. And it was time for them to go to a different level. It was time for them to go to a different season. It was time for them to stop relying physically on the presence of Jesus and learn how to rely spiritually on the presence of Jesus. And for some of us, there have been things that have died in our lives because God no longer wants us to rely on the physical, rely on the formula, rely on the way that things have been done in the past. And he wants us to graduate to that next level of relying on him spiritually, learning how to hear his voice, learning how to recognize what he's doing. Learning how to take the scriptures and not just read it as a good word, but as something to apply to my life. But if we keep going back to the thing that was dead, the thing that was broken, trying to fix it. We're going to be looking for the God of the living among the dead and he's not there. Because he's not in the tomb anymore. The tomb is empty. He's alive. And he's alive in you. And he is the God of the living. He wants us to keep living. Now, this is so amazing. We may talk about this in the next few weeks. But, but there are things that he will resurrect. Because there are things that died over the last 12 months that God didn't design to die. He, it wasn't time for them to die. He, he had no plans of them dying. And for whatever reason, they died. And there are some of those things that God will resurrect. Because this resurrection is not an event. Jesus said that he is the resurrection. But there are things that died and were broken. And they need to remain that way. Because God's requiring something different. Something more of us. The disciples learned to follow Jesus physically. Now they had to learn how to be led by Jesus spiritually. And many, many believers have learned how to follow Jesus naturally. You've you come to church, you've learned all the rules, but Jesus didn't come, die, and be resurrected for you to know the rules. He came to fulfill the rules. He came to complete the rules. He came to show you the way. He came to be the way. He came to empower you to show others the way. We've been broken, but our brokenness has the opportunity to be beautiful because Jesus' brokenness produced the beauty of what we celebrate today. Jesus' brokenness produced the ability for us to be able to go to heaven. Jesus' brokenness produced your ability to live whole and with peace and with joy and ultimately your ability to live eternally with him the disciples' brokenness ultimately led to them changing their world and changing the world so much so that they they impact us today. And we still read how God spoke through them and what God did through them in our scriptures today. Yes, we've been broken. But God wants to take our brokenness and make us come alive again. He wants to take our brokenness and he wants to make it beautiful. He wants to take our brokenness and he wants it to to produce something in us that desires him more, that grows closer to him, that learns more about him, that grabs a hold of him in a tighter way, that changes our world and changes the world. Jesus was broken on Good Friday because of the physical and spiritual pain that he endured. But three days later, on the day that we're celebrating today, he arose victorious, defeating sin and death. His brokenness on Friday was beautiful because of what it produced on Sunday. Now that we all know how the story ends, as if you didn't know before, we all also know how our story can end. Because Jesus defeated death, death doesn't have to defeat us. Because Jesus defeated sickness, sickness doesn't have to defeat us. Because Jesus defeated disease. Disease doesn't have to defeat us. Because Jesus defeated Satan. Nothing that Satan tries to bring against us has to defeat us. No weapon formed against us should prosper. We are the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. We can live all of our days with wholeness, with nothing missing and nothing broken, in joy and in peace. Having the wisdom and spirit of the revelation of the knowledge of God living on the inside of us. Leading us and guiding us into all truth into the ways in which we should go because we serve a living God. We serve the God of the living who takes the brokenness and makes it beautiful. Will you allow God to resurrect your brokenness into something beautiful? Because you get to choose. See, Judas didn't give God a chance to take his brokenness and turn it into something beautiful because Judas took his own life. He didn't give God a chance. And maybe, well, clearly, you haven't taken your own life. But are you taking your life by not allowing God to take your brokenness and make it beautiful? Are you taking your own life by refusing to give it to God? Like you're just bound on holding on to that anger and that unforgiveness, that shame, and you won't give it to God? God. And in that way, you're you're taking your own life. You're not allowing God to take your brokenness and make it beautiful. You're not willing to humble yourself and, and, and give it to God and submit yourself fully to God because God won't force it. Part of what makes today so amazing is that Jesus laid his life down. Jesus chose to be tempted in every way, but never to sin. He chose to allow himself to be captured and beaten and whipped and mocked and spit on and died. He chose that. He wasn't forced into that. At any moment, he could have stopped it. But he loved us so much. The Bible tells us that we were his motivation that he continued on. Are we willing to lay down our lives so that Jesus can make something of them? Because let's be honest, the truth is if you haven't given your life to Jesus, no matter how hard you work, no matter how much money you've made, no matter how successful you've been, you know that there's gotta be more to this. You know that that can't be it. You know that there's gotta be more beauty that's available. You know that there are still areas of your life that are broken. Will you allow what you didn't expect to happen to be resurrected into something that causes you to rely on God more than you ever have before? Because maybe y'all expected COVID nineteen, maybe y'all expected the ice storm. Maybe you know I should have expected my appendix to rupture, and uh, I, but I I didn't expect those things. Even when they were saying on the news the ice storm's coming and uh, eh. one of our members told me this, and, and we gotta go. He, he said, he said, Pastor. I bought a lawnmower, like, on Thursday. And then on Friday, my wife, before the, the Friday before the ice storm, my wife told me to go buy a generator. And I was like, yeah, no, I just bought a lawnmower. I don't, probably don't need a generator. Like, we don't need to spend all this money, right? Here. Like, I, we'll never use the generator. I know they're saying that, but we're not gonna need it. And we're gonna need this lawnmower. And, he, and like, it was like three days later, they had no power. <laughs> they were in the cold. And, and, he, and he told me, he said, Pastor, I should already know this. But always listen to your wife. <laughs> but many of us, we didn't expect the ice storm. We didn't expect the, the, the brokenness or even the death that's come over the last 12 months. The question is not, did we expect it? The question is, what are we going to do with it? Are we going to allow God to take what we did not, what we did not expect to happen? And are we going to allow him to use that to draw us closer to him? Or are we going to say, I didn't see that coming, Jesus. You're not supposed to get captured. You're not supposed to die. So I'm walking away from you. Or I'm taking my own life. I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. I refuse to follow you anymore because that didn't happen the way that it was supposed to happen. That relationship wasn't supposed to end that way. That, 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 that child wasn't supposed to get sick. This person wasn't supposed to die. I was supposed to have this job. I was supposed to get that promotion. Whatever it is, it didn't happen the way that you thought. And now what? Is your faith really in Jesus or is your faith in things going in the way that you think that they should go? Because the disciples, they had their eyes open real fast when it didn't go the way that it, they thought it should go. And, and we're out of time, but you know, they should have known. They should have known. Jesus made it clear. And you know what? This isn't the best news on Easter Sunday. But if, you, if you're expecting our world to get better, Just go back through the Gospels and see what Jesus said. Here's what he says. He says, our world is only gonna get darker, which is why those that follow him, he's made us lights to the world. So don't be shocked when things get worse. Don't be surprised. And if you are, just go back, rely more on Jesus, get closer to Jesus. But I promise you, Things are not going to get better. Not long term. This world has sin. It's been infiltrated. Not just us individually, but the systems and everything in this world. And it's not until Jesus comes back again that things are made whole. Will you allow What has died in your life to resurrect what God wants to come alive in your life? Will you choose to die to yourself so that you can come alive in Christ? That's the big question. Will you choose, like Jesus did, to lay down your life so that God can resurrect you and make you come alive in him? Because if you will allow God to do that, yes, the world is gonna get darker, but your light will shine brighter. Yes, things will be difficult, but now you'll have the power to overcome. Yes, things will come against you. People may shun you. Things, other things may, may shed. Things may die. Things may be loosed. But I promise you, I promise you, at the end of all of this, you will look back, and it will be the greatest decision that you ever made. To die to yourself and come alive in Christ. Let me pray for us. If you've never given your life to Christ, this is your moment. This is your opportunity. This is your chance. The Bible tells us that if we confess with our mouth and we believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, then we will be saved. And so I'm gonna pray in just a moment. If you need to give Him your life, this is your moment. Just confess with your mouth. And if you believe in your heart, that prayer then the Bible says that you will be saved. Maybe you've done that before, but you've gotten away from God and you're here today and you, and you, you felt his presence. You know his truth, you know his word. He says that if you will confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Meaning that if you will just come to God and ask for forgiveness and turn your heart back to him, he forgives you and he makes you right with him. He washes away your sin as far as the East is from the West. Well, if you enjoyed today's podcast, there's a couple things I'd love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can also invest in helping us empower others to follow Jesus by texting any dollar amount to 512-520-0185. Thanks again for joining us today on the Faith for Life podcast.